0: Six thirty, Chad. Inside sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad. Okay, the commissioner of the Canadian Football League coming
2: up in about ten minutes. We'll talk to Randy Ambrosi, get some more details on his thoughts about next season and the Canadian Football League. Hopefully, coming back strong. This is the week that would have been the Grey Cup in Regina. The league proceeding with some. Virtual and online festivities, which we've told you about on the show, uh, Unite.ca. We had Jerry Haraxi from the Spirit of Edmonton on last night, and we are celebrating in our own way with Green and Gold Grey Cup Week here on the show Darius Bowman and Kenny Stafford are guests tonight between 7.30 and 8. Members of the E's most recent championship back in 2015. So we will get to them. Meanwhile, a little bit of news from the National Hockey League as they continue to try to plan and sort out some details for their next season. going to quote here Pierre Lebrun, who is with uh, TSN, senior columnist for The Athletic as well. Uh, And he said the NHL Players Association board call wrapped up around 2.30, or pardon me, 4.30 mountain time this afternoon. Lasted about two and a half hours. No voting, just a discussion. Sources say feeling on the call was that players aren't keen on changing salary deferral slash ESCO rates from what was already agreed to in the June CBA uh lebron goes on to report that the nhl views this as a timing issue the players are only entitled to 50 percent of hockey related revenue the more they take this year the more they owe in debt payments in future years which is true but the nhlpa factored all those factors when it agreed to new cba terms in june so bottom line lebron writes more discussion ahead for both the pa internally and more discussion between the NHL and the Players Association, and he adds the clock is ticking. Uh, you know what? A lot of discussion, obviously, about playing safely, whether we're going to play in bubbles, when we're, whether they're going to play series, if they're going to have a Canadian division, all those things that we've talked about a lot on the show and you've been hearing on other shows and reading about for the past several weeks as we go through this phase here with no games and not knowing when the next season is going to start those are all important issues and clearly whatever is is happening with the pandemic is a very big issue but ultimately this this could come down to some sort of financial decision this this could come down to money like we've seen with uh with work stoppages in the past larry brooks from the new york post reporting yesterday that uh, the players being asked by the league uh, another 13% deferral on pay for the upcoming season. So uh, basically what we'd be looking at happening here, Mm-hmm. Is that the uh, if they defer another thirteen percent on top of the original ten percent deferral, the players would be guaranteed about sixty two percent of their salary for the upcoming season, with twenty three percent due to be returned at a later date. So, uh, just some of the things to consider here. For for a, a, a good explanation on salary deferral, I want to play this clip from Hart Levine. He was on Oilers now with Bob earlier today, and he explained this salary deferral. I, I
1: uh, everyone knows that basically the players and the owners share in the revenue 50-50. So, it, and that's not changing. So it's always 50-50 sharing the revenue. And all these different things is basically just how to um, sort of hold the money for a while until that 50-50 can be worked out. So the escrow, the money goes aside. And um, when we finally find out what the actual revenues were and what the actual players' salaries were, um, that escrow can sometimes some of it be returned to the player. Um, and sometimes not. It seems quite unlikely in this year that any of that escrow is going to be uh, returned because um, I think the revenues are going to be uh, well below obviously what they're expecting and with the salary cap higher, um, kind of artificially higher, um, I think that 20% is basically gone this year for the players. The deferral kind of accomplishes the same thing except that the players are taking part of their salary um, and they're not giving it up, but they're going to get it paid starting in three years um, over three years. So so, you know, I think, though, compared to the other alternative, which would be we're going if we have a shortened season, prorating their salaries, I think a deferral is pretty good. I mean, I think a lot of the listeners out there, if they've had rollbacks or, or wage rollbacks at their work uh, this year, they would sure love to kind of get that money paid back to them in the future as opposed to it being gone forever. So the deferral is definitely better for the players um, than prorating, meaning they would lose it forever. The interesting part, though, about a deferral is that when it gets paid out, um, down the road it's going to count towards the players share so really it's you know again it's the, it's always going to be the players are always going to get 50 50 it's just about kind of loading some money to the owners for a bit and over time it, now it's going to take even longer for it to eventually work out to 50 50 but we're going to see um the salary cap basically stuck now at 81 and a half or barely moving i i think for many many years
2: all right so so that's a good explanation hart levine with puck pd So the the escrow is what the players put aside. And then if the hockey-related revenues uh, aren't what was projected, then they don't get what they thought they were going to in in, in terms of half of the revenue going to them in salaries. So he thinks that the escrow they're going to have to pay this year, they're likely not going to get back because the revenues aren't going to match what was projected. But the deferral, they're saying, okay, we'll put this aside now, but we want to get it at a later date. So that's a good explanation of what they're being asked to do here. But the players still may be reluctant to do that, judging by what Pierre Lebrun tweeted after the conference call this afternoon. Obviously, we keep watching this. It could all come down to that. The NHL has already played the postseason under difficult and strange circumstances I'm pretty confident they can figure out how to do that again when we, we get into the next season in the new year, but are, is the financial environment and are the financial demands going to be satisfactory for both sides? I, I think that's likely what it's all going to come down to. Okay. We got to call a quick timeout. Randy Ambrosi, the commissioner of the CFL, when we get back. <laughs> world is covered in question marks and that includes the canadian football league which did not have a 2020 season what lies ahead to discuss the commissioner of the cfl randy Ambrosi. randy welcome back to the show how are you doing
0: i'm very well thank you and and i hope uh, that this interview finds you safe and sound and tucked away uh, trying to stay out of this out of the harm's way of this virus
2: well, absolutely. And with some of the weather and snow, you're, you're not going outside much anyway, but I appreciate you doing this. I, I know you've been doing a lot of interviews this week and, and you've spoke to, to media and fans on some uh, online events as well. So thanks for checking in on six 30, Chad, first of all, just, just tell us how you're feeling about great cup unite, great cup, ca. A lot of the groups that celebrate the great Cup, such as the spirit of Edmonton are still doing virtual things. It, it's nice to see this week that people are still trying to make it as much of a party as possible.
0: Yeah. You know, Reed, I feel like we really, um, we really landed on something important, you know, after labor day, uh, a group of us were on a call and we were just talking about how much, um, how bad we felt all weekend because we were just, you know, waiting for our fix of CFL football. And we said, okay, look, let's quit complaining. Let's just do something about great cup. this idea was uh, was hatched and I just think it just feels so good to be you treating the week as normally as we can make it Uh, but you know what I have to say and I talked about this during the fan state of the CFL I felt like getting up Monday morning ahead of that session and to hear that a second vaccine was going to come into the market I just felt it was a good omen I I thought I, I honestly felt like Uh, We were getting a signal that uh, as much as we've suffered this year, there's better days ahead. And that's really what the great cup unite was intended to do was just to reach out to all of our fans and and say, Hey, we love you. And we know you love us back and we're going to be okay. And we're going to get through this lousy time and play football in 21. It just had such a nice feeling to it.
2: Well, and when you spoke earlier, you said that there there will be a schedule for 2021 uh, put out, put out fairly soon so you know what you know i want to dive into that because you and i have talked about that and and some other schedule related issues even before the pandemic are, are is this going to be a, an 18 game schedule uh, you know an 18 game schedule with provisions to make it 16 or 4 or 14 you know i'm just kind of throwing some things out there but what can you tell me about the the nature of the schedule
0: yeah we're gonna we're gonna put out a, a regular schedule and and you know uh, we we just decided look we're There's lots that we don't know, but I I just said, look, let's put, let's, we talked to everyone and, you know, Chris Preston, and he's been great by the way. And, uh, and we just said, you know, let's put out a schedule and we'll get everybody excited. We'll, we'll have everybody start marking their calendars. Look, Reed, we'll, might we have to make an adjustment or two? Absolutely. And that's just fine. After having, having suffered the loss of an entire season this year, I don't mind, the thought of making a couple of tweaks here and there. But yeah, we're gonna put out a schedule. And I want uh you know, I want Edmonton fans, those amazing green and gold warriors, to get their get their calendars out and mark those dates because we gotta get back to playing football and and uh back to this game we love so much.
2: Okay. Well but but I assume you're you're preparing whether whether you put it out built into the schedule or not for a variety of, of scenarios because there's obviously still a lot of ground to cover between now and potentially games in May or June.
0: Yeah, we we certainly know that we might have to make a tweak here and there. You forgot how flexible I was when I played uh, when I played pro football, Reed. And and this is one of those times for me to get my hamstrings limbered up and maybe make an adjustment or two. One other question
2: that, that comes up a lot and, and, and we've probably talked about it, um, player contracts for this season. Um, in any resolution will they carry over? or if this would have been your final year of the contract, could have you been a, will you become a free agent in February? Where does that stand right now?
0: Yeah, as it stands, you know, it was a contract year and uh, and, it will, and it will be treated as such. You know, Reid, we have such a great opportunity to spend more time now that things are starting to look a little clearer around uh, perhaps the beginning of uh, maybe there's light at the end of the tunnel for this COVID crisis. And I know we're all going through a terrible time right now, but but these vac- the news about the vaccines, I think, should give us a little bit of an opportunity to start seeing that. Uh, this is the beginning of uh, of the of the end. I, I hope a little bit of optimism here, and I'm really looking forward to. I really am just sitting down with our players uh, around a more specific uh, scenario, and really talking about how we work together. How do we how do we build this league together? How do we how do we work better together? All of those things, and and we'll put all manner of topics on the table. But you know what what every Edmonton fans should know we love the players how can you not they our guys give so selfish, selflessly in their community communities we we just need to we just need to kind of get a little bit more specific information and then I think it'll be a perfect time to sit down with the players and talk about the future and I think it's a bright one I really do and I'm excited uh, I'll be excited to have a chance to talk to the PA and really start thinking about how do we do more together okay um, and
2: and you know, Solomon Elaminimian was on the show with me a couple of days ago. And I asked him Are you concerned that players, once they found out they, they weren't going to have a season, went on to pursue other avenues of income or got into careers that they might've thought was their fo- post-football career. And I asked Solomon, are, are you worried that some of these players might not come back? And he said, "He said, yeah, absolutely. That that worries me to some extent. You know, when you hear that and you realize that some of the players might've had to go start finding other work and maybe it's, it's gonna keep them from coming back to football, you know, uh, how, how does that make you feel as the commissioner?
0: Well, uh, look, Reid. Uh, oh boy, that's such a that's such a big question. I, yeah, look, a player who's still able to play and and may choose not to, I, I'll, I'll be sad to lose them. I, I do, but but I also know that one of the things that our league has done for decades now is it has been a springboard to amazing lives after the game. I just think that it's the it, it well frankly uh, look at the guys I played with you know Blake Dermott and Rod Connop and and, uh, and and so many others that were part of that team and they've all gone on to amazing careers that's part of the that's part of the gift of the CFL is that we we have to think about life after the game and for some players that comes sooner than later if the tragedy if you want to call it that if the tragedy in this is some players find a career that's going to provide for them uh, satisfaction and fulfillment and, and an ability to look after their families. If, if read seriously, if that's the tragedy, if that's how we would define the tragedy, then I'd be okay with that because it's what this league has been doing for decades. Um, Obviously I want as many of our guys to come back as, as we can, as we can. I love the players, but, but again, if if, it, if we define this through that lens, then I would say I think we're just fine.
2: Randy Ambrosie joining us tonight on Inside Sports, Commissioner of the Canadian Football League. Would you would you and the owners be prepared to play in, in a hub city or cities or in some sort of modified bubble format, if, if it came down to that by the time we get there?
0: Yeah, so I'll tell you, Reid, one of the things we've been doing uh, and it's just literally because of the um, because of the circumstances of the vaccines, I think we're kind of getting out of the mode of planning for the worst. I, I think we are I think there's reason enough to feel some optimism that we can get on the field with some fans in the stands and not not to suggest that it couldn't happen but but right now what i'm feeling amongst the teams and amongst the owners and amongst the governors and amongst the presidents is a is an optimism that that you know it's only november and uh, and our and our season starts a long it's a long way off and there's two vaccines now and probably be a third before too long so reed i i just think the focus is not on that worst case scenario. Somebody somebody said, you know, if you're planning for everything, you're planning for nothing. So, you know, we're putting a stake in the ground and it's not ridiculous. It's, you know, reasonable, rational, and credible are the standards that we're having to meet. And we'll be talking to healthcare officials in the in the days ahead about what they're what they're seeing now. But again, we're we're kind of not doing that now. We're not we're not doing the worst case scenario planning. We're just going to do planning and then we're going to sit with all of our partners and figure out how to make it work.
2: Okay. And in terms I mean, one of the partners is the, the are the sponsors that are, are involved in the league. And obviously this has been a tough year financially for, for a lot of businesses. Um, do you, are you confident you're, you're going to have maybe not all of them back, but everybody on board for next season, especially, you know, once you get that schedule out and, and you start rolling forward here.
0: Well, for starters, Reed, I think we've got the greatest, I think we've got the greatest partners and sponsors in in the world. And the fact, uh, look, I could just go on and on about uh, how they've supported us this year and how they how they got creative. and we found really interesting ways to get our our sponsors imbo- involved yesterday Athabasca University, uh, you know, uh, sponsored. Uh, a corporate, uh, you know, corporate uh, town halls that we did, where you know we shared ideas, and and the list goes on and on about how our partners have responded. But but honestly, and and and, and I think this is how I, this is truly how I feel. I, I think it's a time for us to reach out to the entire corporate community in Canada and ask them all to be part of our of our comeback season in 21. Because frankly, Reid we've been such a big part of canada you know we've been we've been so important to canadians for decades now and and in the days ahead i want to talk to my team about reaching out to the entire corporate community in canada and asking them to be part of our comeback season because like the league and its players you talked earlier before we started the show about some of the some of the uh, the you know the green and gold alumni that are going to be you know on the show with you In the next couple of days and how much they've given to canada i think it i think it's fair for us to reach out and ask the corporate community to help us in return and and that's something that i'm going to be talking about a lot in the days ahead and i'm hoping that we'll solidify our existing uh, partners and maybe win over some i'm alex rodriguez and i'm jason kelly from bloomberg this is the deal
2: More with Randy Ambrose, CFL Commissioner, when we get back. CFL Commissioner Randy Ambrosie checking in on Inside Sports tonight. Well, uh, an alumni joined me on the show last night, and, and that was Henry Gizmo Williams. Randy, and I, I want to shift gears just a little bit here because we are uh, talking to some members of championship teams here at Edmonton on the show all week as part of green and gold, great cup week. Uh, and you, you lost a game against the green and gold. You won one playing for the green and gold going back to 87. When you were in Toronto, Giz was on last night talking about his missed field goal return. And, uh, he said the first guy who tried to get me is now the commissioner of the league. And here's Giz's quote. Ain't no way in hell I'm going to let this lineman stop me.
0: <laughs> well, okay. So first of all, you know, let's just be absolutely clear. Is there anyone, any of your listeners, Rita yourself included, that think that I was the first guy down the field? Like, like literally, this is where this is where Henry's entire story falls apart. Henry's credibility has literally been destroyed on the idea that I was the first guy down the field. Okay, like so we know right there, Henry's got his facts wrong. <laughs> Secondly, I, what I can tell you is by the time Henry got to where I was, he went by so fast that the idea of me turning to chase was ridiculous. And my dear friend, uh, my lifetime friend, Dan Froni and I, Dan was left guard for the Argonauts and I was right guard. Dan and I actually just continued to run to the bench. So th- because the I, the notion of turning and chasing this jackrabbit called Henry Williams was ridiculous. And by the time Henry got into the end zone, I was already having a sip of water on the bench because it was it was hopeless. But let's go back to where this story starts. henry's Henry's submission to you was that I was the first guy down. And he wasn't going to let me tackle him. Well, listen, I just want you and your listeners who were Eskimo uh, Edmonton Football Club fans when I was playing there, I think they could all agree there was no way in heck I was the first guy down the field. (laughs)
2: All right. Fair enough. The other <laughs> side of it for you, uh, 1993, you got the great cup, uh, obviously Edmonton upset Calgary in the West final, beat Winnipeg by 10 and, and you finally got that championship ring and uh, a special one for the green and gold for sure.
0: Well, you know, it, you, there's no way to replace that memory. Uh, it, it's always will always be part of my life. And I, I'll always be so thankful that I had a chance to be in Edmonton and that my uh, Barb and I and our two of our three girls were born there. There's always going to be, for me, a connection to that city for what it meant and the fact that it allowed me a chance to play the game I loved and then to go on to win a Grey Cup in, in 93. What a, what a great moment. You know, I, I had a chance to play with so many wonderful players. You know, look, I, I, I'd say no matter how much I might kid around, you know Henry's one of the finest players that I had a chance to play with and I and I when I say I love him I mean it he he was just a special guy but you'll never you'll never forget those moments and and in part read it's why I love this job so much I just get to be around it I get to be around something that gave me so much and I'm trying to and I'm trying to pay it back I'm trying to pay back all the all the gifts that the game gave to me. And I'm hoping that uh, despite the fact that we got knocked down in 2020, that we're going to get right back up and, uh, and carry on and make the league even stronger going forward. So yeah, what a, what a great time for me. What a great time for my family, great memories. And I'll, and I'll always be thankful to Edmonton for letting Barb and I, uh, you know, be part of the uh, Edmonton family.
2: Ready? before I let you go, did, did I miss anything, anything um, that, that listeners need to hear tonight?
0: Well, you, we can spend more time giving Henry a hard time if you want, <laughs> like if you've got, if, if you've got extra time, but no, Luke, Reed, I, I want, uh, I want, uh, you know, Edmonton football club fans, Green and Gold fans to know, you know, we're, um, we're working hard. I think we are using this time uh, very appropriately, to figure out how to make the league stronger you know how do how do we how do we work better together chris presson has been a great part of that you know i think uh, i'm so thankful that he's uh, that he's part of the cfl team and uh, and we're going to come back we're going to we're going to fight our way through the fog and we're going to come back and uh and we'll be back in the field i can't wait to come back to back to edmonton and Beautiful Commonwealth Stadium, and and uh, and say say hi to Edmonton fans next season. That's that's it. Right, other than that, just to wish everybody the best of the upcoming holiday season. I know it's been tough. Stay safe, stay out of harm's way, and uh, and I look forward to seeing you uh, at Commonwealth before too long.
2: Okay, sounds good, Randy. Thank you so much for checking in tonight. That is Randy Ambrosi, the Commissioner of the Canadian Football League. I would say a very optimistic Randy Ambrosi on Inside Sports tonight. Happy to hear from you. Already got some texts I want to get to about anything you, uh, Randy, said. That really stuck out to you. I'm going to give you some of my highlights and things that uh, made me maybe raise an eyebrow or or take a note or two here. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three is the number to call or text. First of all, he reiterated. We are going to release, probably in the near future, a regular schedule. That in this Canadian Football League is 18 games plus a couple of exhibition games. He says, sure, we might have to make a tweak here or there, but they're not going to put out an 18-game version and a 14-game version and a 10-game version. They're going to put out the 18-game versions, uh, ver- version and have other scenarios in their back pocket if they have to change on the fly, depending on what's going on whenever kickoff is scheduled. I asked him about being willing to play in bubbles or hybrid bubbles or hub cities or things like that along the way. And what really struck me that Randy said is we are getting out of the mode of planning for the worst, which I thought was a pretty bold statement. And and I'm sure that they, they have worst case scenarios tucked away, perhaps, and, and, and we'll be ready if, if something happens. But he said, we're getting out of the mode of planning for the worst. And he talked about it on Monday when he did his address online. He mentioned it again tonight, a couple of vaccines, hopefully coming on the market soon. Uh, I mean, probably not until the new year, but perhaps he's thinking, okay, by the time we're supposed to play a couple exhibition games in late May and start the regular season in June, perhaps we have enough people vaccinated that we can have a lot of people in the stadiums. So he's not thinking about uh, having to shorten the season or, or not have fans or try to cram players into a bubble and keep them safe. That way, Randy Ambrosi seems to believe they will be able to proceed with an 18 game schedule in the Canadian football league. And he said that they, um, they, they want their corporate community their corporate partners to be part of the comeback season and he said he thinks it's fair to ask for help in return um so that's that's what he said he he wants the uh the corporate sponsors to to be on board to remain on board and perhaps feel like they uh, they owe it to the Canadian Football League to lend a hand that that's kind of how I read that I, I don't think he's being aggressive about it or anything like that. But, but it seems to me that's how Randy feels with the corporate community, that the league has uh, been a good partner and and they've tried to keep going through all this and they'll see from there. So th- those are some of the highlights uh, that stood out for me. We had some fun with the last couple of questions, getting memories of, of him playing in great cup games since he was a player in the league as well. Now, this is the, the interesting thing about the CFL. We're we're talking about a season that is about six months away. When we talk about the NHL, it's much more immediate, and I think decisions have to be made a little sooner. But the CFL has thrust itself into the spotlight this week by saying this would have been Grey Cup week. We want you to talk about us. We want you to talk about GreyCupUnite.ca. So fair that we're going to get some of the ideas that they might have for next season. But r- right now, Randy Ambrosi, if we boil that down, he's basically saying it's going to be uh, a relatively normal season using the word normal in the sense, uh, comparing it to what we were used to before the pandemic there, there. I'm sure that some things about going to a sporting event or just generally doing things in public are going to be different than they were before the pandemic. But for the most part, Randy's saying, we're going to play 18 games like normally uh, we're going to travel. We're going to have our corporations on board and we're going to have our fans on board and we're going to celebrate a big comeback season. That's how he's presenting it. I mean, as he should, I think it's part of the role of the commissioner of a league to be optimistic and communicate to people like me and people like you, hey, yeah, we got problems, but we're going to figure them out. We're not going to sit around and mope about them. So uh, I thought it was a pretty interesting interview. Uh, Again, those were the points that that stood out to me. Cowtown Bob texting in. He says, I admire the optimism from Randy, but I'm nervous that a bad economy with uh, many people without the disposable income they had before COVID will cause CFL franchises to find it difficult to cover their costs. If the players have to take pay cuts, we'll see how many new players wind up in the league well yeah that's that's a fair comment cowtown bob and and i worry about that too i i i think that um if if you really really like a sport or a league i i don't think one year or a modified season is going to drive you away from the sport NHL fans if you're a hardcore NHL fan I I don't think in the end here I I know some questions going into the postseason tournament well is this going to be a you know a a diminished Stanley Cup championship I I don't think so and a lot of people still watch it I think if you like the Canadian Football League you like football you like the green and gold or whoever your team is you want to go back can you consume it the same way if you consume it on television great they want people watching but they also want a lot of fans in the stands. So if you're somebody who unfortunately has seen your income uh, cut or perhaps eliminated, which unfortunately has happened for some people as well, let's say you're getting back up on your feet in April or May. Hopefully that happens if you've had a tough time. Uh, Is the first thing you're going to do, go out and buy CFL tickets, or are you going to catch up on a mortgage, rent, car, or whatever? I mean, we all know what things you might need to spend money on. So that's an absolutely fair question. Uh, Steve says, I love Randy. He's energetic, empowering, but he may be the largest in stature when it comes to cheerleading. Uh, Not planning for the worst case scenario is what was done so far since spring of 2020 fingers crossed it worked out. That is from Steve. And Kevin says, I know that with no CFL this past year, how much watching the CFL was part of my summer. I can't wait for it to come back cold beers, burgers in the backyard watching the football game. Well, which is good, Kevin. You obviously were were on board in the CFL in the summer. Often the interest in the league cranks up after Labor Day. So you were right there when they were playing games in July and August too. Look, as I've said several times about the Canadian Football League, I understand uh, it's in a tough spot. I understand that there's a a, a generation, kind of an age group of fans that, that don't feel much connection to the league or perhaps none at all. I also understand that as as someone who was born in 1974, probably one of my first memories is hearing somebody on TV or the radio or reading in the newspaper when I was old enough to read uh, somebody saying that the CFL is on its last legs. I, I mean, I've basically been hearing that for the last 40 years of my life, and I'll probably hear it for the next 40 if I get that long um so i i i don't think that now if they if they miss twenty twenty one it 's a different story but i i don't think we 're on the verge of the CFL going away, but I think we have to recognize there are going to be some challenges and and I think that one texture made a good point getting fans back in the stadium might be a challenge, even if we all feel safe doing so It'd be because are you going to have the money to spend?
1: Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE.
2: Get to more of your feedback here, 780-496-0063, Inside Sports on Chet. By the way, as we talk about the Canadian Football League tonight, now don't go turning off my show and abandoning me so I'm all alone here in my spare bedroom. It's small enough as it is. Actually, I don't know what the size of the room has to do with abandoning me. Uh, The uh, 2015 Grey Cup is on TSN3. Now you can watch it and, and still listen to Inside Sports. Promise me that or tape it. Uh, this texture says seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. great interview with Randy. Uh, although people think the league will struggle when it returns, I think it will thrive based on its low cost to take a family of four to a double E game costs less than 250 bucks. You can't even buy one ticket to an Oilers game for that amount. What is the cheapest ticket to the Oilers? I'm not even sure. I'm sure it would be over a hundred bucks, I, I would guess. Uh, and this texter also says, "And yes, as a 31-year-old, it's alarming that I'm a quote-unquote young fan for the uh, for the CFL." Yeah, I mean, I think there's definitely uh, probably under 30 for sure, maybe even under 35, where there wouldn't be the same connection to a lot of CFL teams as there would have been um, as there would have been when I was growing up or people in my generation who are a little older than that. Oilers J says, if the CFL wants a successful return, lower concession prices, and I don't mean 50 cents off. I'm talking $8 beers, $5 hot dogs. People need a break. Well, maybe they'll do that. How much is a beer and a hot dog at Commonwealth? See, this is the thing, guys. When I go to an Oilers game, I'm I'm working, so I obviously don't buy a ticket and I don't get concession stuff, and I rarely will get concession food at Commonwealth. I I usually will eat... um, I'll usually eat before the game or have plans to eat after. And as much as I like to sip a beer every now and then, I usually do not. Um, I usually do not have a beer while I'm watching uh, a double E game because I'm just really into the game, and I just find having a beer distracting for some reason. <laughs> yes, call me weird. I'm sure many of you have already. Uh, Kevin says, I I actually start going to games after the Labor Day long weekend. I'm an hour and a half out of Edmonton, so the Thursday games and Friday games are not within reach by the time I get off work and drive to Edmonton. The game's already started. I've had a bit of an ongoing, somewhat humorous spat, though some of my comments directed back at this individual have been serious. We we have a a user on the text line who goes by the name Bacon Man, who, uh, who I think actually likes the show, even though he gives me a hard time a lot of the time, which I don't mind. Uh, and then he has complained about start times. I think he has a point to a degree. Um, we have to understand that the, the pull TSN has with the Canadian Football League. Because if TSN all of a sudden said, we're not going to broadcast the games, would Rogers and Sportsnet step in? I don't know if they would. And if they did, they, they probably wouldn't have to pay as much uh, if, if there's no competition to get, get the rights. But having said that, um, I, I do partially agree with Bacon, man. Does the CFL give the, the fans in whatever city it is what they want in terms of start times? I, I don't I, I don't like the 8 p.m. start times for double E games, but they often have to do it if it's part of a, a TV double header. Even if that's a Friday night, I think that's late. Uh, I think from a broadcast perspective, uh, you know, it's probably not as, as great for us because you might listen to 11 and then turn it off. Whereas if the game's on till 10, you might stick around for more of the points after show. And, and the one thing that, that I would like to see more of is, is the Saturday afternoon home games, especially in the fall. You know, if it's going to be a colder night, you're still out there. Um, you know, there are a lot of of those nice fall crisp days. In, in this part of the world in the fall. So I, 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 would, I would agree, to those, to those of you who criticize the league for, for the start times and things like that, I, I agree with you to an extent, but, but I do think we have to understand that the, the CFL is is often at the, the whim of the television broadcaster, though, though I would like to see a little more of teams saying, look, we get more people. If we start the game at this time, you know, why do we have to wait three hours or play it in the evening when we know we can play it in the afternoon? Maybe there's some negotiating that can be done. Anyway, appreciate the discussion. Appreciate the text. Uh, If I didn't read yours uh, on air, I do read them all to myself. And I do appreciate your feedback. Absolutely. Steve Simmons is going to check in and then green and gold, great cup week with Bowman and Stafford from the 2015 championship
0: at 7:30 6:30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins weekdays at 6 on 6:30 Chad